Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday, May 1st edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Merton, and I'm joined by my co-author here at bjpen.com, maosbreaker.com, the very own uh, CBC, Cole Shelton. Trying to big you up here, Cole. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. So we got quite a bit to talk about today. Obviously, there's been a lot of news lately, which is actually a good thing for us. Cole, can you believe next Saturday we're gonna have a UFC event? Can you believe it? It's crazy. Yeah, right? I'm I'm now like 85% confident it's gonna happen. At the beginning of this week, I was like 50-50. My confidence has gone up, so hopefully it doesn't come up short again. No, I'm definitely with you on that one. I've been thinking about a lot lately, like is this gonna be canceled again at the last minute? Is it still gonna go on? Sure, it looks like it's going to happen, Cole, and I want to get right into it. So uh, yesterday, MMA Junkie got uh, privy to some information about the UFC and what they're going to do um, in regards to safety of the fighters and all that for next week. Uh, did you get a chance to read that? Yeah, I did. What are your thoughts on it, Cole, and what, what the UFC is going to do? Do you think it's enough, or do you think it's not enough? Well, I, think, I think it's a good outline. There's obviously a lot of testing going on, a lot of it's kind of what a lot of people already knew, like just essential people only, staff fighters, cornermen. There's going to be mandatory daily medicals, which is good. But yeah. obviously the testing is, there's already, I know people are going to say, oh, they should test on every day. There's already a lack of tests. So yeah. I think you really can't test every day because there isn't that many tests available. But if you do it once, like say like middle of the week, like Wednesday, Thursday, I think that would be good. And then just continue to check how they're feeling, their temperature, all that kind of stuff. And, it seems like the UFC has a good structured plan. This doesn't seem like any of these fighters are going to come into contact with anyone. They each have their own workout room. They each have their own sauna. So I think they're doing a good job that way of keeping all the fighters separated and minimizing the risk. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely doing what they can. It's tough. Like even the NBA, they just announced yesterday they won't be testing every player, and people are you know coming out with the pitchforks now, Cole, saying you know how could you not test all the players after you did have a few positive tests, but. It's just not completely feasible, Cole. Like, in an ideal world, yeah, you test everyone constantly to make sure no one's got this, but it is, it's not easy. So, you know, the UFC wants to go ahead with this event. They have to do as much as they can, but at the same time, you got to be a little bit realistic about it. But yeah, uh, Cole, like, this event's supposed to happen, man. The card so far has stayed intact. The only fighter that really dropped off was Amanda Nunez, and that was before, and Felicia Spencer, but that was even before there was this uh, official card was announced. Right now, we have. 12 fights scheduled for next Saturday night in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, I'm not going to like one. I'm pretty excited, man. I, I can't wait for this card. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, it's a really good card. Like, this is one of the best cards they've done. Like, I'm really, like, yeah. the early prelims, some of those fights yeah. are, like, they could be headlining, like, ESPN prelims heading into a pay-per-view. They could be on a fight night, like, co-main event. Like, oh, there's some really good matchups. I agree. I mean, just looking at the prelims, um, I, when I was writing the article the other day, I was like, oh, there's two forward champs on the prelims and Pettis and Verdum. And then I forgot Sparza was a forward champ too. You have three forward champs on the prelims, Cole. And like, if you look at the early prelims, like on fight, or I guess it's not fight pass, it's ESPN plus, but like Vicente Luque versus Nico Price. And I've talked about this fight already, Cole. Like I, I have a love for both these guys. They're both such exciting fighters. Like this fight, like you said, Cole, this could easily be a co-main event on a, on a fight night card, no one would blink an eye to that because they're like, okay, that's a great fight, right? So the fact that it's like the third fight of the night is insane. Yeah, it's just a great card. Hopefully it stays together, Cole. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you know, this is going to provide people with some entertainment, which is what Dana White's been wanting to do the whole time. And for the UFC, obviously, they get to reach their goal of, uh, you know, a certain amount of events and pay-per-views a year. Um, but, you know, it was announced, obviously, that not just one card will take place next week or the week after, I should say. It's going to be three cards in the span of seven days, I guess, Cole. So it's going to be Saturday, May 9th, Wednesday, May 13th, Saturday, May 16th. So it's kind of nuts. Now Donald Cerrone's out there saying he wants to fight three times in a week. He wants to break the record, uh, which is kind of cool. But let's talk about these other cards. So we already talked about UFC 249. I think you have – I can't remember when I had you on Monday or Friday, but we talked about the whole card. Yeah. Um, we went through all the fights, so there's no point of doing that again. I should mention, though, that Cole's going to join me next week, early next week. We're thinking Tuesday for a preview show. So I'm thinking Tuesday with Cole at about 10 a.m., the usual, if that sounds good with you, Cole. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that card obviously but the other cards are worth talking about too so a bunch of fights have been announced for these cards let's just get go through them quickly here ufc fight night 175 i guess that's what's being called but really it's like ufc jacksonville i'll call it ufc jacksonville one and ufc jacksonville two i'm not sure what other people are going to call it, but let's call it that for this podcast so ufc jacksonville one call uh i haven't really talked about these fights because they just got announced but main event we already knew this was going to happen anthony smith versus clover to share that's a rebooking of ufc nebraska some other fights on the card include Sahara Eubanks versus Sarah Morris, Ray Borg versus Ricky Simone, Ben Rothwell versus OSP, which is like completely weird fight heavyweight, Andre Arlovsky versus Philippe Lins, Marvin Vittori versus Carl Roberson, Drew Dober versus Alexander Hernandez, and Michael Johnson versus Tiago Moises. So some of these fighters were supposed to compete on upcoming cards or cards that were just canceled, but a lot of the matchups have been switched around for the most part, just you know, due to travel restrictions and stuff like that, and guys having a hard time getting visas, which is understandable. Um, but just, you know, as far as these, you know, I guess eight matches are, that have been announced so far, what do you think about them? Yeah, it's obviously a step down from the 249, but everyone kind of expected. Dana, when he wanted to make a bad, like a return a big way, this, these next couple cards, I think, are just getting people fights that had fights fall through. So it's, no real new names. It's all guys that had fights or girls that had fights and it, they fell through because of the events got canceled. But just looking at it, like that Drew Dober, Alexander Hernandez fight, I'm really looking forward to that one. Ray Borg, Ricky Simone's a good one. Like there's some interesting matchups. I want to see what OSP looks at heavyweight, but I yeah. don't see isn't as good as a card as what people say. And it's only eight fights, so they still have to do another three to four more fights when in a span of not even two weeks, it's going to be interesting to see who steps up on short notice to fight on all these cards. Yeah, I mean, we're assuming there's going to be 12 or 13 fights like there normally is, but it could be like an eight or 10 fight card too, Cole. Cool. I mean, you never know, right? It's a short notice. Like there's only, today's Friday the first, so will they have 12 days to book the rest of this, these cards? It's tough. It's not going to be easy. But yeah, as far as the card goes right now, some pretty good fights, like you said. OSP versus Rothwell is weird though. I mean, come on. Like OSP moving up to heavyweight in short notice. He was supposed to fight Jan Kutalaba. Kutalaba couldn't get a visa, I think. So I feel bad for this dude, Cole, because what happened was obviously he had the crazy fight with Ankalev that ended with a terrible stoppage. I mean, most people are calling that one of the worst stoppages ever. He was denied his appeal. He was supposed to fight Ankalev at UFC 249. The fight got canceled. Um, he flew to the States from Moldova to stay in Vegas at the PI while waiting a word of a fight. The PI is closed, so I guess he was just, I don't know where he was, staying at a hotel or something. I don't even know what, where he was staying. And then the cards all got canceled. He flew back home, and now he's not able to come back to the state. So this guy got completely screwed. I mean, I feel bad for the dude, but, uh, you know, the, the, definitely the replacement fight here between Rothwell and OSP is kind of intriguing. I like the Orlovsky-Linz fight, Cole. Linz is a guy that, and this was a rebooking. This was supposed to happen at 
the Oklahoma City curve. I like this Lynn's guy. He's definitely an intriguing – I wouldn't say prospect. He's not. He's like 34, so he's not a prospect. But uh, he's definitely an intriguing heavyweight, I guess, that a lot of people don't know. Um, and then, like, your boy uh, Vittori's fighting, which is obviously always a good fight. I mean, he's, he's an underrated fighter. He wants that rematch with Hadassani. I don't know if that's going to happen. But, you know, Cole, that fight was super close, by the way. Like, people – or like, oh, you know, he, he lost that fight. He did lose, but it was actually one of the closest fights Izzy's had. And then, like you said, the Dober-Hernandez fight, that's a fun fight. I like that a lot better than the other fights they were booking for both those guys. Um, they had Hernandez against, like, some weird opponents. Like and it was Dober for Hera, which made that no was, That fight made, like, Ferreira really, like, he deserves a top 10 guy. If not a top 5 guy, cool. Like, he shouldn't be fighting guys. I don't, I don't think Dober's ranked right now. I, I could be wrong. I don't think he's ranked. Uh, Hernandez is ranked, I think, 15. He was supposed to fight like Omar Morales on short notice. I'm glad that fight got canceled because, again, that didn't make sense. This fight makes a lot more sense. Good fight. And then, obviously, um, Johnson versus Moises. So, overall, I mean, it's, it's a decent start to the card. Like you said, obviously a step down. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Anyone who's expecting a UFC 249 card, that wasn't realistic here. It's not a pay-per-view call. So, if you're the UFC, why would you throw a title fight on this card, right? Like, you have other – they're going to have other pay-per-views coming up soon. There's a pay-per-view in, Ju- in June and July. There might be two in July. We don't even know, right? So they have to, you know, get going and, and save these title fights for cards. But definitely, you know, at least they're getting these guys fights. Now, that's the May 13th card. The May 16th card also has a bunch of fights announced for Cole. And let's go through this one. Uh, I've already kind of discussed this a little bit. The main event is going to be Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. That's a five-round heavyweight fight. So rebooking UFC Portland main event. And uh, definitely a, a decent fight for sure. Um, Walt Harris coming off the death of his daughter. I mean, he hasn't fought in a while now. Overeem's coming off the lockout loss to Rosenstruck. In a fight, he was dominating up to that point. Um, again, rebooking, it's a pretty good fight. I mean, I have no problem with this being the main event to you. No, it's it was supposed to be main event at DC and Portland. Like, it's been, Overeem's a guy that's going to headline cards. He's not going to, I think if you look down all his basketball fights, though, I don't even remember the last time he hasn't headlined a card, so. Yeah, exactly. He's a big name. One of the biggest names probably in UFC right now. And uh, I'm definitely, um, you know, pretty high in Walt Harris lately. But, of course, I mean, dude, the guy's daughter got murdered last year. I mean, who knows how his, like how he's going to react to that inside the cage. Like, I- I'm assuming, you know, he's, like, like, a lot of fighters able to put these kind of things behind them. But it's very difficult. Like, you lose a family miracle, it's tough. You lose your daughter to a guy who killed her. I mean, that's, it's sad. I mean, I'm almost surprised he's coming back this soon. I mean, it's only been, like, what, five months? Like, you almost think he would have taken a year off, but I guess he's ready to get going. And he's looked great lately, Cole, honestly. Look at Wall Harris's recent record, man. I mean, he's won back-to-back fights by knocker. He's looked really good. So I know he's 36, Cole, but, you know, Walt Harris is a guy that's never fought for the belt. He gets a win over over here, Cole. He's right in the title, title picture. I'm assuming you agree with that. Yeah, 100%. He's right up there. He's a guy that I think is underrated. A lot of guys are overlooking him. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. But either way, a good fight. Okay, so a bunch of other fights got announced in this card. Let's go through them one by one here. I haven't really had a chance to talk about this card. <laughs> I love this fight, Colt. Dan Ige versus Edson Barboza in the featherweight fight. Barboza making his featherweight debut. Don't know if you've spoken to him yet. I know you've tried to get a hold of him. He's, he's not an easy guy to get in touch with, Cole, from what you've told me. But uh, great fight. I love this matchup. What do you think? Yeah, he's answered some texts. He just says, I haven't signed anything yet. He says, that's all it is. So he won't do any. He's one of those guys. He doesn't do any interviews. Doesn't say anything yeah. unless the contract signs. So he says, "I don't have a contract." So right now, to me, I'm not fighting that date. He goes, "I've agreed to it, but until there's a contract in front of me, like which I think a lot of fighters are like, because I think what the UFC is doing was I've talked to some fighters and I've figured out is the UFC is asking a bunch of people 
just like kind of throwing out names, throwing out dates to see who's available when and what matchup they like best. So there's a lot of names. It's where you've seen a lot of people come out with uh, fight announcements, then they get, then like literally like two hours later, says, oh no, that's not happening. Girl, with this one now, because they're just kind of throwing out, because they're trying to make a 12 fight card as much as they can. So they're just throwing out a bunch of names, throwing out a bunch of dates and seeing who's available and then what one out of those names that they threw out do they want to book then? It's kind of annoying though that like these fights are being leaked and the guys aren't signing them. Like uh, Bobby Green was supposed to fight Omar Morales. That fight apparently isn't happening, but it was announced, I think, by Kambachi, who's, and Kambachi's great. And I think their sources are awesome. They always like get their news right. So I don't know who told them that, but that fight was apparently nixed. There was a Jared Gordon versus Sean Woodson fight that got nixed too. So these fights are being leaked out to the media, Cole, but then they're getting canceled at the last second. So I could actually kind of see why Edson hasn't said anything, but from what we're hearing, this fight looks like it's official. And Cole, I mean, this is a great fight. I want to get your thoughts on the fight. I mean, we're going to talk about this in two weeks from now, but Barboza moving down to 145 for the first time. That's going to be very intriguing. That Ige is a guy who's on the rise right now. The winner of this fight, I mean, could very well jump into the top 10 at 145. What do you think about this matchup? As I'm just checking. Is I don't is Ige yeah Ige's ranked 15. So this is obviously yeah. an interesting fight. Barboza deserved to rank guy dropping down. He's a guy that I'm interested to see what he looks like at 45. He didn't seem like a huge lightweight. Like he always seemed on the smaller end. Like whenever he fought people, he always seemed like he was giving up a couple pounds. So I'm interested to see how he's going to look at 145 if he can make the weight. And then at 145, if he still has that power, he's dangerous. He's one of the best strikers. And it's an intriguing matchup because Ige's a striker too. He's a guy that's not going to just wrestle him like Habib did or and Kevin Lee did like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here because it's going to be a striker's fight. And Barroza really, he just needs to land one of those kicks and he puts people's lights out. So it's going to be interesting to see how Ige approaches this fight. If there's going to be grappling, it, it's one of the more intriguing fights on this card, I'd say. Yeah, I really like the matchup. I'm assuming Ige's going to try to wrestle Barboza. I don't see why I'd want to stand and trade with him, but uh, you know, Barboza has pretty good takedown defense at 155. I know Habib obviously took him down and beat him up, but you know, Ige's not at that level. He is solid, don't get me wrong, but it's an interesting fight. I mean, Cole, it's not that long ago where Barboza was absolutely destroying Dan Hooker with shots to the body. That was only like a year and a half ago, you know, and Dan Hooker's right now in the top five at 155. So, yeah, I know that Barboza's kind of lost some fights lately, but Cole, look who he's lost to. Paul Felder, Justin Gaethje, Kevin Lee, and Habib. I mean, those are not... And that Paul Felder fight was close where people yeah, thought Barboza won. I thought he won the fight too. Yeah, I thought he won that fight as well. Felder's kind of getting some weird decisions lately. But uh, yeah, I thought he won that one. Just going through the rest of the card, again, a pretty solid card. It's not a pay-per-view, guys. So, you know, looking at this card and comparing it to 249, it's not fair in my opinion. You got to look at this and compare it to other finite cards. And to me, it's a pretty solid card. I mean, it's not the best finite I've ever seen, but it's not bad. Um, aside from the fights we've already mentioned, and again, this card's not official, but these are fights that have been leaked out now, and hopefully they'll announce a few more in the next couple of days. Uh, next up, Eric Anders versus Christoph Jocko. I think this is a rebooking as well from obviously, yeah. right? Yeah, so it was supposed to happen in Portland, and they've been rebooked it here. Anders coming up back-to-back wins, which is good. Uh, beat Mirchard in his last fight. Super close fight. Could have went either way. And I uh, also beat Venetius Moreira, who I think, Cole, you've said was the worst light heavyweight in the UFC. Pretty sure you've said that. Uh, Christoph Jocko coming off back-to-back wins over Barrio and Amadovsky, so a, lower level, a much lower level of competition, in my opinion. You kind of got to like Anders, I think, in this fight. We just the athleticism, Cole, and everything, but Jocko's definitely a dangerous guy. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting fight. I think it's kind of one of those crossroads fights for both of them. They're both trying to break into that top 15. They both, they both struggle. They both had losing streaks. They both 
their past couple losses haven't been huge name guys or uh, top echelon guys. Like Mearshart's probably the best name out of those guys, and he's still really good. He loses to the top guys, and but this is a fight where if either of them want to become a serious top ten guy, like this is the one they need to win. If they lose this, like I don't think either of them will ever get a shot to get back into the top ten and for a while at least. No, I agree with that. And you know, with Anders, like he's thirty three. It doesn't seem like he's old, but you know, he was a kind of a late bloomer in MMA. He's not like super old. Like 33 is not like super old, but he's definitely going to make a run. And for Jocko, he's 30 now too. So he's kind of been a guy that had a lot of potential at one point and had some losses, but uh, you know, he needs to, he needs to win. It's a good fight. I like the matchup. Like you said, crossroads matchup, great, great way of putting it. Now the next fight here, this fight I believe has been mixed. It's supposed to be Marlon Vera or Song. Yeah, that one's not happening. So who's not fighting? It's your dog that's not taking the fight, right? Yeah. Okay. So I saw Marlon Vera calling out Uri Faber, who I believe is your dog's coach. Don't see that happening, but Vera was supposed to fight uh, the 249 card against uh, Ray Borg. That fight got changed. Ray Borg's fighting Simone now. I would hope they can find someone for Marlon Vera. I mean, this guy does deserve someone ranked. You don't. You know makes sense. It's just Lawyer of the Rags is Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen says he wants to fight, right? So yeah. That would make sense if Cody wants to take the fight. Marlon. Because Cody was supposed to fight Ronnie Barcelos, who's 15. So he was fighting down. Vera's 14. Yeah. Stamen's well, 11. Like, it's still. Yeah, these guys are all ranked in the bottom half of that division. Vera's, man, he's looked so good, Cole. He's really underrated, in my opinion. He's on a five-fight win streak right now. And yeah. And I don't talk about him as a contender. Cole, look at his win streak. They're all knockouts or submissions. And I don't get how Ray Borg was favored ahead of him. That's crazy, Cole. I think I messaged you, and I'm like, what's going on here? Like, that doesn't make sense. That's that's money on Vera. I mean, Ray, I don't even know if Ray Borg can make the weight. Even at 135, Cole, I'm not convinced. Like, I think he screwed up his body so much that he can't even make the weight. I am shocked they put Ray Borg on these short notice cards. Like, they couldn't have waited until June to put him on a card. This is a guy that constantly misses weight. What happens if Ray Borg misses weight again, Cole, for the fight with Ricky Simone? I mean, at that point, you kind of just let him go, right? Like, love the guy. He's a great fighter. But if you don't make weight, what's the point of having him on the roster? You know? Um, going through the rest of this card here, this is a fight. These guys, I think they were fight, supposed to fight at UFC San Diego, Kevin Holland, and Anthony Hernandez. Or they had different opponents or something? Yeah, I think they were... There's something like that. Yeah. So either way, this fight's going to happen. And yeah, so actually it was supposed to be Kuna Heli Soriano against Hernandez. So that was the fight. And then they put Kevin Holland in. So a bunch of contender series guys, interesting fights. I think you got to favor Kevin Holland, if I, if I would guess, just based on the experience and stuff. But again, we have to wait for the betting lines. Uh, also on this card, lightweight bout, Mike Davis versus Jiga Chikati. Mike Davis coming off that crazy win over, what's his name? Um, Thomas. Gifford. Gifford, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he beat the hell out of that poor guy. I think Gifford's fought since then and got knocked out again. Yeah, he did. It, like, really fast in, like, 30 seconds. That poor guy, man. He was like, oh, I feel so bad for that. I don't want to make fun of this guy, but, like, you know, because I, I think he's a nice guy and everything. From what I've read, he's a super nice guy. But after he got knocked out, he wrote this long Instagram post saying, like, God wanted to, like, punish him and stuff and he needed to take his beating. Like, I was like, what is this guy talking about? Like, the referee just should have stopped the fight. Like, that's all it was. That was one of the worst stoppages I've ever seen call in UFC, man. Terrible. Uh, also on this card, Rodrigo Nascimento versus Dante Mays. That's a heavyweight fight. Courtney Casey versus Mara Romero Barella. I believe Casey's moving up to 125 in the women's weight classes. And then this fight's pretty interesting. Darren Elkins versus Nate Landwehr. A little weird because Landwehr lost his last fight to Herbert Burns like, quickly, too. You'd think that Herbert Burns would be the guy that would fight Darren Elkins because Darren Elkins is a big name. He's been around forever. Not a big name, but I mean, he's a respected veteran. He's been around for a long time, Cole. He has a good record in the UFC. I know he's coming off a couple losses, but 
I just found that kind of a weird matchup, don't you? Yeah, I don't really understand it. Especially, Elkins is a bigger name, and Landor got knocked out of cold as fight. Like, and that was his UFC debut, so I don't... If anything, it should have been, like, Herbert Burns, the guy that beat Landor, yeah. getting a name like Darren Elkins, so... Agreed 100%. So, I think that's all the fights that have been released so far. Is there anything else I've missed? Because there have been a lot of, like, kind of... In the, kind of leaks, I guess, or announcements you want to call them, whatever, but uh, anything else that I missed, Cole, besides those ones? No, I think those are all, but again, like, all these... Let's take a look at Topology. Keep talking, Cole. All these fights, like, a lot of them are coming out, and then, like, a couple hours later, they're getting denied, or it's different matchups, so a lot of these, I mean, you can't really... A lot of these people that are reporting, like, MMA Junkie, Kabache, they have solid sources, but I think around this time, you kind of have to wait until the UFC announces it, because they're trying to do so many matchups at once that Stuff are falling through at the last minute that because they don't have that much time to worry about this fighter's demand or this, and they'll just move on to the next one. So, yeah, it's true. And if I'm not mistaken, there's supposed to be another card on the 23rd, so the week after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that nothing's even out for that. Like not even the main event. One, really, yeah, that, that I think they announced four cards. I remember you did the article, if I'm not mistaken, and I think you wrote about four cards or Dana White announced yeah. it right that day. Yeah, it's yeah May. May 9th, 13th, 16th, and then whatever that's next Saturday is, uh, the 20, yeah, 23rd. Yeah, yeah. either way, I mean, guys, MMA should be back, which is great news for everyone, so we'll see what happens. Like, Cole, I'm like you. I'm like, okay, you say 85%. I think I'm like 90% convinced it's coming back, but there's still that 10% of me that's like something's going to happen where someone steps in and cancels it, but it looks like it's good. All right, Marcus Williams with a couple questions. What's up, Marcus? I hope your bookstore is going well. I know you're still open down there in uh, Georgia. And Georgia, where you are, if I'm not mistaken, has uh, really relaxed their social distancing policies and stuff. So people are allowed to go in like stores and bowling alleys, which I can't wait to. I've been throwing a bowling ball in like two months now. I'm going to suck when I get back. But uh, Marcus Williams, this is a good question for both of us, Cole. What do you think the pay rebuys buys for UFC 249 will be, as well as the ratings for the other UFC Jacksonville events? Okay, so great question, Marcus, for sure. Now, as far as the pay-per-view buys go for UFC 249, since they've moved to ESPN Plus last year, the model's a lot different now than it used to be. So, like, now you have to actually buy ESPN Plus and then the pay-per-view. So, it's not like the old days where you just had to buy the pay-per-view. So, I think the model and the numbers are a lot different now. But if I had to guess, Cole, I mean, based on the old numbers, like, it's hard for me to say compared to the new era of uh, UFC and the way they do pay-per-views. But based on the old numbers, based on the main event, Ferguson and Gaethje, I think 300,000 is a pretty fair number. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's probably what it would be around. Because it's obviously, I think, he, I think it would be more at any other time. But obviously, people don't have a lot of money to shell out. So I think the ESPN prelim numbers are going to be really high on Saturday night. Like the yes, leading up, like the Pesaroni, that part of the card is going to be really high. I think it's going to be over a million on ESPN. Easily. I and think- then you'll see the pay-per-view not get as many buys just because people don't want to shell out the $70 right now. That's the thing. Like, pay-per-view buys is such a it's such a weird, like, metric to go by these days because, let's be honest, Cole, a lot of people don't pay for the pay-per-view. They just go and find a stream and watch it that way. So there's a lot more people watching, but they're not paying for it. So I think 300000 is a fair, like, over-under number to set it at, but it could easily be 200000 And, I, you know, people are going to say that's a failure. But to me, it really isn't because – just the reality of things right now. If it's a hundred thousand, that might be a failure. Two hundred thousand, I think, is like the lowest bar can go. And then, you know, for this card, I, I don't see it going past like 350, 400. That seems even excessive. Love Ferguson, love Gaethje. So who knows? Great. 
but they're not like GSP or Brock Lesnar or anything cool. Like they're big names, but only to like MMA fans. If you ask someone walking down the street if they knew who Tony Ferguson is, do they know who he is? I don't know, but do they know who GSP is? Yeah. So you got to kind of go by like that a little bit too, Cole. Um, should be a great card though. Looking forward to it. I'm with you. The prelims are going to be crazy. That's why they stacked them. That's why it's Pettis versus Cerrone. That's why you got Verdum and uh, Esparza and Jockery and Uriah Hall in that card. Like it's it's a great set of four fights. I would say well over a million for that. Maybe two million possibly. I don't I don't really know. Um, as far as the other cards go, I think something similar. I would guess. Like, uh, what do you think, Cole, for the numbers for the other two cards? Yeah, I think it's probably gonna be like TV on ESPN, probably like seven, eight hundred thousand. Just because there's nothing else to do. People will just throw it on their TV Wednesday night because. There's no other sports on. What else are you gonna watch on a Wednesday night for a lot of people? Like or the Saturday night. Like you can't go out. So I think people well, will survive it on, but obviously people are gonna put it on, but I don't know how many people are gonna watch the whole card. I think it might just be something where they'll just have it on, they'll just check in every now and then. Well, for the Wednesday card, I mean we we talked about this right. Like me and Cole love the show Survivor and the fin- finale for their 40th seasons on Wednesday too. A lot of people will be watching that, Cole. Yeah. Or not. There's going to be millions of people watching that. More people will watch that than watch this card. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There is a crossover between MMA fans and Survivor. I've seen a lot of people talking about it. And also, Sarah Lacina, who is on the show, she fought in MMA before. I don't know if you've seen her fight before, Cole. Did yeah, you- I saw her profile, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. She actually looked okay, I thought. I mean, I couldn't believe it was her. And obviously, there's been other um, MMA fighters on the show. B. Wynn was on the show a few years ago. Uh, she had to quit due to an ACL injury. But either way, there's a crossover there. So I think people will try to watch both. But there's going to be some people that are going to be like, they'd like to watch the UFC, but they're going to watch that instead. It's a big show. I mean, people are going to laugh at us, but it's a huge show call and it's it's big. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch both that night. So I have no problem saying that. I, I can't wait for it. Anyways, uh, Marcus Williams, do you think UFC or ESPN will do a lot of promotion for the UFC Jacksonville events? We don't get ESPN in Canada. We get TSN, which is like the Canadian equivalent, I guess. I haven't been watching the sports stations though. Call Mark. No. I don't see the point of turning them on. Uh, actually, we've kind of changed our TV at home, like to cancel some channels because I haven't been watching anything. Even though I'm at home, I basically I watch sports and movies. I mean, there's not much else that I watch, right? So um, I haven't seen any promotion, but I would hope they ramp it up next week. They gotta, you know, start getting people to watch these cards. What do you think? Yeah, like. That's the thing. I'm at home more, but I'm not watching TV as much. Like, I'm watching yeah. just, like Netflix. I'm just trying to watch like shows I can just watch in a bunch. Like I can just binge just because what else am I going to do tonight? So because no, there's I- no because right now it would be like playoff hockey, playoff basketball, like beginning of the MLB season. Like this is kind of normally the peak of sports for me. Like where you have baseball starting up, you have hockey, basketball in the playoffs. So that, like I'm not really I don't really tune on or care to watch like TSN or sports right now because there's it's just all replays of old events. Like I don't want to watch them again. I've seen them so many times. Like for instance, they keep showing the Blue Jays from 2015. It, dude, best season ever as, as a fan. I mean, besides the winning seasons in 92, 93. But you know, I was there for some of those games. Like I saw them five years ago. The team's different. I don't care about watching them a hundred times. Just for instance, like there's a lot of filler right now. So I've been like you, Cole. I've been binge watching TV shows, playing a lot of video games. Like talk about this, is playing a lot of Nintendo Switch, getting way too much use out of Switch. But uh, you know, things are going back to normal soon. Uh, Marcus has another question. I want to say that for a few minutes, Marcus. I do have that actually on my list. But I want to talk about uh, – I think we're good with uh, the UFC cards, right? We're good for those? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Dana White because he did an AMA and Reddit. I think you read through it, Cole. You've gone through it a little bit. Okay, so he talked about a lot of things. 
Um, actually, I want to get to you for yours first. I didn't have it on my list, but I know that you did the article on uh, data talking about Habib and Tony. Go ahead, talk about it. Yeah, he basically just said he's not very confident Habib Tony happens in 2020, which is kind of interesting because he said whoever wins Tony Gaethje is going to fight Habib in September. So I wonder if that means like he thinks Gaethje is going to win or is just reluctant to book it now, or if it's just kind of throwing everyone off of it. But again, I would not be surprised if, say, Gaethje wins on May 9th and they go, you know what? Connor's the bigger fight. Let's do Connor, Habib, Gaethje. You're getting stripped. We've seen him strip people before. The UFC, I think, I think the way the UFC would want to do fights is Ferguson, Habib, then Connor, Habib, then Gaethje, Habib. So I think if Gaethje ends up winning, I would not be shocked if they just go Connor, Habib later this year. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I really have no idea. And even Dana didn't sound convinced that uh, he knows what's going on, but. He doesn't seem convinced that this fight's going to happen again between Tony and B, which is a shame, Cole, because I want to see this fight so bad, and everyone does. But uh, I don't know. UFC, I feel like they might move on from this as much as as hard as it is to say that, but it seems like they're kind of moving on. But, yeah, you know, we got to see what happens next week with Tony and and Gaethje. And then injuries, coronavirus part two. Who knows, Cole, honestly? Who knows at this point? It's hard to to say. Okay, so some other things that Dana White talked about, and he talked about a lot of things here. He says the Ultimate Fighter is going to return very soon. (laughs) I don't know what to say about this. I mean, I wrote it in my article. Basically, like, when The Ultimate Fighter came around in 2005, and even for, like, probably 10 years, great show. I, I watched every season. I loved it. The last five years or so, it was just such such a bad show. They didn't have very good fighters on the show. It was kind of boring. The coaches were boring. Contender Series kind of came in a few years ago and took over the shine, I think. And a lot of people were assuming that Tough was dead. Contender Series would take its place. Now Dana's saying Tough's coming back. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it was... Something that I liked watching, like even the last couple of things, I just used to tune on every night and just watch it. I'm like, what else am I going to watch on, what was it, Tuesday, Thursday, or yeah, whatever the days they were. I'm like, what else am I going to watch on this day? Like, it's at like nine o'clock at night. I'm like, I'll just turn off for the hour. But the last couple of seasons, the fighters were not that good. And I think it's because Contender Series came in and all the top prospects went either straight to the UFC or they went on the Contender Series because if you're a top prospect, are you going to rather have to fight? four times to get a UFC contract yeah. and be leave your gym, leave your family and all that? Would you rather fight one Tuesday? You could have all your family with you all the time. You could trade with that in your gym, with your coaches, and all you need is one win to get in. Like The Contender Series, just I don't really see the need for the Ultimate Fighter anymore if the Contender Series is still going. Yeah, I'm with you on that one completely cool. And, and like you said, uh, the last few seasons suck. Like the, the 28th season, heavy hitters. Juan Espino, your boy, he won the show. Has he fought since then? I think he had one no. fight this year, right? Oh, yeah, he hasn't fought at all. The finale, that's it, right? So yeah. he beats uh, Justin Fraser, I think. That's yeah. And he hasn't fought since then. That was two years ago, Cole. You know, so that was the guy that – and he's like 38, if I'm not mistaken. He's not even a prospect, man. So uh, to me, the show is – it's it's kind of dead, but Dana White wants to bring it back. Um, Marcus Williams got a question here. If Gaethje beats Tony, I don't think Ali and Habib will deny Gaethje a title fight considering Gaethje and Habib are managed by Ali. Absolutely. That's a great point. With um, with that situation, Habib and Gaethje, it's great for Ali because he double dips and makes two commissions. This is why he didn't mind when Cejudo fought Marais. Two of his guys, why not? He gets double the money. So to me, I, I don't think Ali will deny the fight at all. I, I think he would actually encourage it. You know, but Gaethje's got to win that fight next week, and that's not an easy fight for him to win. Um, it's going through some other things here, Cole. One other thing Dana White mentioned that's worth talking about. 
Anthony Johnson, he says, if he returns, it sounds like he's going to come back this year. AJ's Rumble's been talking about a return for a while, but this year he's been kind of ramping it up. It seems like he's getting down away. He's 230, you think he said 230, 235. So not sure if he's going to return at light heavyweight or heavyweight. Either one works for me, but Dana White says he's getting a top 10 opponent. Anyone you'd like to see Rumble fight in his, in his return to the Octagon uh, at 205 or at heavyweight? Anyone that... If you want to throw him to the wolves at 205, a fun fight would be him and Tiago Santos. I mean, that sounds amazing. If that, you want to throw him right to the top or... Like, title shot. You know, here's the thing about Rumble. He's a huge name, too. You know, and he's never fought Jones, Cole. Yeah. All of us have, like, always wondered, how would Rumble, his power, match up against Jones? I personally think it would be a great fight, you know? Obviously, Rumble has problems on his, with his wrestling and his ground game. We all know that. But the guy is definitely uh, a powerful puncher. And, you know, Jones is a guy that has shown a little bit more flaws in his striking defense in the last few fights. So he could get caught in the chin and, and put out. Doubt it happens. Probably Jones will win that fight. But I'd still like to see it. So I don't know if Rumble's coming back at 205 or heavyweight, but they're both intriguing to me. I think that's a great fight. Heavyweight would also be awesome. I saw some people suggesting, like, I saw someone suggest Curtis Blades because he doesn't have a fight. Curtis Blades would take down Rumble and beat him up on the ground. I mean, to me, that, that's not even Derek more. Lewis would be a good one. Derek Lewis actually would be a fun fight because D- Derek doesn't like to wrestle. He just likes to stand trade, and uh, they're both huge punch. That'd be a fun fight, Cole. I mean, shit. I watched the fight. All right. Uh, another guy who's worth talking about here, Junior DeSantos. So a photo was kind of leaked this week by him. He looked, like, ripped. He looked in great shape. And, of course, everyone's talking about 205. Galera Cruz talked to him. He says he'd do it only to fight Jones. To me, Cole, it seems like he wants to cut down the weight. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think it's – I don't know if he can make 205. I think he'd be a well conditioned to 205. He's a guy that I think is a smaller heavyweight. But I think even if he stays at this weight he's at right now, I think that would be good for him because then he's a lot faster. He can move away those punches where I still think he has something left at heavyweight. I think he's going to be a heavyweight. I don't – I personally don't think he's going to cut down. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we'll see. Like – it's hard to say. Right now, he looked like lean as he can get, but perhaps doing, you know, weight cutting ritual, going to the sauna and stuff, like he could get to, down some extra weight. I mean, there was guys like like John Jones is definitely his 230s when he's cutting down. Um, guys like Forrest Griffin and, and guys like that, Rampage Jackson, back when they were cutting from like higher weights. So it's possible, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I'd be intrigued by it. I don't know if Jones would be an interesting fight just because I think JDS is a little shopworn at this point, but you know, if he does cut down and makes that sacrifice, you assume that he would be doing so with the intent of getting a title shot. But I'm not going to lie. It's kind of intriguing imagining him at 205. Uh, here we go. I'm going to get uh, to Marcus's question here about Kevin Lee. So Kevin Lee had ACL surgeries out for six months at least. Usually when guys have ACL surgeries, it's like a year. So he's probably going to be out for more than six months. I'm not sure if you talked to Kevin lately, Cole, but any thoughts on him getting ACL surgery? I mean, it's not a bad time because after the Oliver fight, he said he's going to take a year off. So might as well take your year off rehabbing all your injuries. Like that's the thing with, even if you look at Dillashaw's two year suspension, like he, he said he needed surgery on so much stuff for so long. He got a two year drug suspension. So he did surgery on everything. He had double shoulder, shoulder surgery. He was healing everything. Like if you're going to take time off, you might as well use that time to rehab those nagging injuries or get surgery on those nagging injuries. So I think it makes sense that he'll do it, but Six months, I don't think six months is realistic. Yeah. No, I don't think so either, but we'll see what happens with him. Uh, definitely a talented fighter, but after the fight with uh, Dubronx, he, he talked about 
retiring possibly. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him, but maybe after the surgery and he feels better that he'll uh, change his mindset. A couple other things here, Cole. GSP, he had, uh, I don't know if you saw the article I posted. Basically, and this is not like this is like news, but I, I don't think a lot of people knew this, including myself, because I never really looked back at those old numbers. So he talked about how he made 300000 sorry, not 300000 $3,000 to fight Carl Parisian in his UFC debut. 3000 to show, 3000 to win. He made the full six. Of course, he's Canadian, so he was taxed at a 30% withholding rate. So he made, what, like 4000 And uh, obviously, at the pace code, he basically broke even. Now, a lot of people in the, in the comments, and I was reading them, were like, well, the UFC back then didn't have a lot of money. They weren't paying guys a lot of money. That is true. However, on that same card, the main event was Vera Belfort's Randy Couture. They were both making 120000 each, Cole. And BJ Penn fought in that cartoon, made 50000 Matt Hughes made like 60000 70000 So... You can say that the prelim fighters didn't make much money back then. It's not like this is a surprise. But don't say the UFC didn't have money. They did have money. They were paying guys like Randy and Fedor 100000 to fight in the main event. It's crazy, though, thinking, Cole, that this guy, GSP, who's probably the richest fighter who's ever been in MMA now, after his amazing career, he made 3000 in his UFC debut. Pretty nuts. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> wild to show how far it's come because even now the minimum's 12 and 12 i think or 10 and 10. 10 and 10 for some guys i'm not sure if it's 12 and 12 or 10 and 10 but i did see some 10 and 10 numbers but 12 and 12 would be good i mean yeah, but, goes up, it's a good thing yeah so it's definitely weird just yeah not even that long of a time of how much it's changed like yeah his debut it's not like you're talking like a generation like you're talking like it's not that long to years see ago, yeah i know it's not that long ago you know and it's crazy the other thing is like the guys fighting in that car, guys we're still talking about today, like, you know, Randy, Vitor, who I'm going to talk about in one second here, Cole. Vitor was the headliner of that card. You know, so it's crazy. But uh, actually, we'll talk about Vitor right now. I mean, his, his one opponent has been announced. It's this guy, Alan Nagalani. I'm probably butchering his name. I apologize. He is, um, well, okay, so <laughs> I don't want to say who told me this, but uh, someone who's well-connected to one championship. Basically, I was like, who is this guy? And basically said, like, he's won championships version of Bob Sapp. So they bring him in to lose, basically. His record is 4-5-1, and one, coming off of an awkward loss to Mauro Sorelli. All his wins, all his fights are in uh, one championship. He is, he's actually 45, cool. he's older than Vitor Belfort. But the guy looks like he's about 20. I mean, I'm not convinced that he's natural. I'll say that right now. But uh, he's fighting Vitor Belfort. Vitor's 43 now. Vitor hasn't fought in a little while. Vitor is coming off... Um, the uh, fight with Machida in 2018 where he got knocked out. So he hasn't fought in two years. It feels like he's been teasing his one debut forever. He's finally fighting. And he's fighting this guy, Nagalani. Any thoughts on this match? It looks like a complete mismatch. No, he's four and five. Any name that I know on here, he's lost to. Like Mero Sorelli, Ang Lian Sang. He lost to Shia Lewis Perry by knockout. He gets <laughs> knocked out a lot or submit. All his fights, he's never gone to this. He's never lost a decision. He either gets knocked out or submitted when he loses. So I think Vitor Belfort might score a highlight reel knockout here. Yeah, I yeah, I'm with you on that one. I like again, I you know, I don't want to disrespect this guy. He is an MMA fighter, he isn't one. But uh you just gotta look at the matchup and you know Vitor Belfort's a huge name. One championship brought him in, finally making his debut. I haven't uh, heard James' interview. I know James was talking yesterday, and I asked him to ask about uh, the Vonderley fight. Apparently, he wants the fight. I saw James' tweet, but I don't know what he said exactly. That fight, to me, makes sense. I think one could sign Vonderley to fight him. That, that makes more sense. Like, I know this is kind of like a, almost a, a tune-up fight, Cole, I think, 
you know, the, it's a fight you should win. But to me, it's like you want to get the American audience interested and Brazilian audience. You got to find a better opponent, in my opinion, because like, look at who Veer's fought in his career. Goal. Like, this is a massive step down for him. It really is. Like, this is the work. Cool. Look at Veer Buffer's resume. I mean, it's pretty incredible. You say what you want about the guy, but like, he only fights legitimate fighters. This is probably the worst fighter he's fought in like 15 years. You know, so he should win this fight. Anyways, um, as far as game, the news game back to that. One other thing I want to talk about here, Cain Velasquez got cut by the WWE this week. Dana White said he's retired from MMA. I don't think he's coming back to MMA. I saw some you know, suggestions of that. It just seems like he wants to stick with wrestling. But for what I was reading, I don't watch wrestling. I only saw his uh, few appearances early on where he, he uh, was at Saudi, the Saudi Arabia event. It seemed like he didn't have much charisma. Cole. It seems like people were saying he wasn't cut out for it. Athletically, I think he was because I saw some movies he looked good. But it seems like people weren't too big of a fan. So WWE is making a lot of roster cuts. I don't think this is any surprise they cut Cain Velasquez. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I don't think he's come back to MMA. I think he'll go in like one of those other wrestling promotions or just do something. I can't see. I would put like under 5% chance he fights in MMA again. Yeah, no, I agree with that. All right, um, I think that's it. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's everything. Okay, cool. Cole, plug your stuff, please. Yeah, Twitter, Show 91 um, This week I talked to Johnny Hendricks. That was the first time he's done something in a while, so we talked about yeah. Uh, he said he's open to return. Uh, we talked about USADA and why he said he never failed drug tests. He said that's really bothered him since his retirement. It's people saying USADA ruined him. He said it was more the IV bags. It's really interesting to see him say kind of what happened in the later stage of his career. And then I just wrote up one today that should come come out today. Is we look back on that GSB fight and basically how his whole life changed from that fight and. So it's a really unique uh, perspective from that. And then I also talked to Douglas Lima about the Gagar fight, about Rory McDonald, and then talked about Kamaru Usman, which will be up today, and then everything else is always on my Twitter. I never asked you about that fight, Cole. I didn't know you back then. Who did you think won that fight? I thought Hendricks, and I even told him on the call. I just said, I'm even a Canadian. I thought you won that fight. Oh, me too. And I, me and James, we used to have the parking shot. We were like, this is crazy. Like He definitely won the fight. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. But – I mean, great job get, tracking him down, Cole. I remember you tweeted the other day, you are like, I'm talking to a former champion and talked to him like a year and a half. I guess Luke Rockle. The funny thing was, I, I completely randomly guessed that, and then Submission Radio interviewed him the same day, Luke Rockle, and then you got Johnny. So I thought that was really weird. I'm just, I guess, kind of good at guessing, but uh, <laughs> I was half right. Anyways, for me, yeah, maaltsbreaker.com. So the podcast, I, I'm thinking next Tuesday, you know, we're going to skip the Monday show and we'll just go Tuesday and Friday. Uh, so Tuesday will be basically the, the preview show that we usually did last uh before the coronavirus pandemic we do the two shows or i would do two shows cole would join me for the second one we're just going to do one show on tuesday break down all the fights in the card can't wait to pick the fights again cole hopefully the card actually happens friday i'll do another show you know probably after the weigh-ins to see if anything changed hopefully not hopefully all the fights go on that's the other thing we didn't talk about though cole with the fights being taken on place on short notice with no catch weights happening you could see more fighters miss weight You'd hope the UFC is a little bit lenient and, and the fans are a little more understanding, but I don't really know about that. Um, so, yeah, that's maoddbreaker.com. And then I got a few articles there. I got to plug uh, Oddsbreaker, too. Obviously, it's the home of the podcast. They've brought a, a number of handicappers in. So if you're looking for people to follow for, for bets and stuff like that, definitely check the website out. Um, they brought a bunch of guys in uh, with all you know pretty good records. I'm not really on that side of the, of the, uh, the website. That's something you – be better off asking Nick about, but if you want, shoot fight odds a uh, message on Twitter if you have any questions about that. But I want to plug it because, of course, Oddsbreaker is my home. 
Also, uh, of course, bjpen.com, always doing the news there, Cole. There's always news to talk about. And uh, Jonathan Snowden, uh, the author of Bleacher Report, he just sent me a copy of his book. So uh, Ken, the new Ken Shamrock book. And uh, I'm supposed to be doing a book review of that for BJ Penn. I don't know if it's going to happen this weekend or next week, probably in a week or two. I got to read it. I mean, it's going to be a long book from what I'm seeing. So got to read that. But I can't wait to read that, Cole. I haven't met Ken a few years ago in Toronto. Got a autograph. I actually have his old book, Inside the Lion's Den, from like years ago. So I met him in person, got him to sign that, which was cool. And uh, Ken was definitely uh, – he's definitely an interesting guy. I'll say that. Sir uh, Jonathan has a better relationship with him. Anyways, check that out. And the MA rings on net. I have all the matchmaking articles. I'm going to start writing some new stuff for them now that UFC is back and MMA is back. Cole, appreciate you tuning in, man, and jump, jumping in on short notice here. Guys, thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back Tuesday with Cole Shelton breaking down UFC 249. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.